Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. side before it's kind of um, who he is to us now it's who we are to him um, you sticking around I'm so I, my mom just called me it's a call to wait for so I gotta okay. step out and take that but I love you guys I'm so sorry to dine and dash so to speak but all good. thanks for sharing man thank you so much I love you all you all mean so much to me I will text you later we yes. need to have a conversation yes, we do. good I'll wait you <laughs> uh, so Going into this, I want to start out with a brief uh, game, activity, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's called Bible or Not. You may have heard this, like on the radio they have some segments of this. Um, so, none of these are terribly too difficult, um, but I'm going to read something. It's going to be either a Bible passage or a quote from someone or something like from a book, a movie, um, or a Bible verse. Zach is getting himself in the mood. I'm getting myself in the zone. In the zone. Miss one right, and it's going to kill me. I'm going to warm up just a little bit for you guys just to make it a little bit more challenging. Everyone's eyes has to be closed. Oh, so we can't tell your facial expressions? No, 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 no. So that you all don't play off of each other. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, so we're not being graded. There's no, you know, there's no prize. Sorry, I don't have any candy for the um, prize today. Oh, we no get points. Maybe, hey, maybe you get points. We'll see. I'll win, we'll, we'll, we'll but see. I want the... <laughs> um, and, and we're going to go through them, like, a little quick. Um, all right. Close your eyes. Um, so I'm going to read the... The phrase, which will be either a quote or a Bible scripture, and then I'll say raise your hand if you think it's Bible, and then I'll say raise your hand if you think it's not. Those are the two options. Bible or not for everyone. Those are the two options. How seriously are you taking the looking down? Because if we're sensing motion, do we want to do like a? Uh, it's not that big okay, of a deal. Not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough. How many could be thumbs up and down? Yeah, just like a. I don't know. I mean, depending on how seriously you want. Nah, it's not that big of a deal. We'll, we'll just do hands up for both parts. Alright, first one. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. I'll read it one more time. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Raise your hand if you think it's Bible. Hands down. Raise your hand if you think it's not. All right. Um, it is the Bible. That is from Ecclesiastes seven eight. Don't feel bad. Only two of you got it right. Nine of you got it wrong. Family. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. I actually got that one wrong myself too. I'll admit that one. I was. I was like, wow, that one really got me. All right, number two. And though in all lands love is now mingled with grief. And it still grows, perhaps the greater. I'll read it again. And though in all lands love is now mingled with grief, and it still grows, perhaps the greater. Bible, raise your hand. I see like some halfway hands. Is it a hand up or not? Okay. 
and hands down, and not. Okay. It is not. That is from J.R.R. Tolkien, A Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, next one. We can stand affliction better than we can prosperity, for in prosperity we forget God. And I'll read it again. We can stand affliction better than we can... Ah, uh, well, let me start that one. We can stand affliction better than we can prosperity, for in prosperity we forget God. Raise your hand if it's Bible. Hands down, raise your hand if not. <laughs> this is fun. Um, it is not. That one was about a 50-50 split. Uh, this is from Reverend Dwight L. Moody from the 1800s. <laughs> nice. Pretty sure he's the founder of Moody Bible College in Chicago. Mm -hmm. In case you noted. Uh, next one. <laughs> For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Raise your hand if it's Bible. Hands down. Raise your hand if not. All right, hands down. That is Bible. That is from Luke 12, 34. Uh, moving on to 5 of 10. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it. Right. I just don't know how long I can my eyes closed. Next one. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. Bible or not? God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. Bible or not? Raise your hand if Bible. Raise your hand if not. Alright, hands down. It is not. Uh, sorry, I did not copy down where that was from. One second here. That is from William Cowper. He was an English poet and hymn composer. Uh, okay. Um, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. Raise your hand if it's Bible. Hands down. Raise your hand if it's not. All right. That was about a 50 split. It is Bible, John 3, 8. If a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. Raise your hand if it's Bible. All right, hands down. Raise your hand if not. All right. That one is Bible, Mark 3, 25. And Abraham Lincoln, in case you were getting it from the Correct. You are correct about that. It is most famous from his quotation from Abraham Lincoln um, in his speech accepting the Illinois Republicans' party nomination to run for U.S. Senate. All right, we're almost done. This above all, to own thine self be true, and it must follow as the night... I'm going to restart that. I messed up a few things there. This above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night of day. Thou canst not be false to any man. Raise your hand at Bible. Hands down. Raise your hand if not. Hey, that is a hundred percent accurate. Everyone got that one. That is not. That one is William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> with the King James version. Oh, yeah, right. Like, Alright, two more to go. When was that one written? Does it predate the King James? That'd be awesome. That is from 1564. Yes, it predates the King James. Let's go. Alright, two more to go. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Raise your hand at Bible. Alright, hands down. Raise your hand if not. Hands down. That is Bible. Romans 12, 16. Last one. Heed the word of the Lord, or the dead will rise again 
possessed by demons, and ye who are unclean shall be damned forever and ever in eternal fire. Raise your hand if I will. Raise your hand if not. All right. That one is not. That is from John A. Russo, Night of the Living Dead from 1999. Revised version of the 1968 film classic. All right, you can open your eyes. All in all, out of those ten, there was one where everybody knew that it was not the Bible. I have no idea. That was William Shakespeare. Um... All the other ones were either 50-50 or a few people. Uh, I'm just tallying. I didn't keep track of anyone. I just tallied. Um, but all in all, it was either 50-50 split, half right, half wrong, or um, kind of like, you know, three or four people, not really sure, and some maybe lucky guessing or they knew it or not. Um, show of hands, how, or how confident were you guys in all of these? Were you kind of just guessing for some of them? Were you like, oh, this is definitely Bible, this is definitely not? <laughs> I was confident I was about six out of ten. I saw a lot of your guys' hands and faces kind of like... So there are a couple where like the concept could be biblical mm -hmm. and then it like... But the wording, but the wording yeah. isn't. And there's so many different translations. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But but yeah, there were but there were a couple that were. Uh, I heard you say cool. one of them was there was only two people who got it right. Yeah, the yeah. first one. There there were there yeah, were two like that actually. Right. Um, all right, so why did I do that? I think that knowing what God says is important, and being able to tell if something is from God or something is from man is important to be able to detect. Because how can we know what God is telling us if we don't know what God sounds like or what God says? Um, yesterday, Jan and I were eating dinner, and I was getting near to the end of my meal. I still had maybe about a third of a, this burger left, and it was a hefty burger. I was really full. We were eating some other stuff with it. I, I pre-gamed with a little bit of leftovers before I started eating dinner, so I was pretty full. I was kind of like, I could finish this if I wanted to, but like, I'm pretty full, so I don't really need to. I looked, at, looked up at Yana and said in a joking way and intentionally misquoted, but I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me as I took one more bite for acting as I'm going to finish my food. And she looked at me like, that is, as you said, I think she even said, like, that is not what that means. <laughs> then, I took a sip of my drink. I had a really big burp. Like, it made a lot of space in my stomach. So then I misquoted intentionally 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I am ready for more. And so I took another bite. Now, these are kind of silly. Um, but I think a lot of times people misquote things and we have no idea and people in general have no idea like is that really what that means? Is that even a Bible verse? Oh yeah, that is in the Bible. Right? So that was, that was kind of the point of that game um, so that we can kind of see you know, and I know I've heard Zach and some other people mention it from um, a young adult group at Lighthouse of someone quote the, the pastor talking about how John the Baptist was in prison, and then angels came and, and freed him. Oh. And people were cheering and like, woo, yeah, that's awesome, go God! And he's like, that's not actually what happened, he was beheaded. And everyone's like, oh crap, yep, mm, I did not know that, that's in the Bible, okay, yep. Um, and I know you guys were saying, like, it was, it was a big shocker, and kind of like put things in perspective, like, wow, alright, I guess, you know, we weren't really aware of what happened there. Um, so, and if someone were to say, hey, you know what? God says you can finish that burger. All you gotta do is just put your mind to it and you can finish it. Silly example, but not what Paul was talking about when he's saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God has really been speaking to me about scripture memory lately. Um, not just for myself, but for the group. Um, so this is an invitation and a um, opportunity for anyone who wants to partake in it. Um, 
I got these little things uh, when I was with um, an organization called the Navigators back in the day. It's for scripture memory. It has little cards on it. They're already typed up. Um, you can also hand write scripture on it. Um, and it has little pockets on the inside, kind of like a little business card holder. Um, there were about five or six different things all pointing me toward this um, within about a week's time. Uh, which sometimes just one thing is enough, but it, God used like five or six separate occasions to bring me to these to bring up on Monday night. Craziest thing was, um, so I have two. Um, one of them on the very front is my all-time favorite Bible verse, Second Corinthians five six uh, seventeen. Sorry, um, I was looking at this one which says sixteen, and this one is Second Corinthians five seventeen. It's a different passage. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's my all-time favorite verse, um, and we'll get into that today. This was on the front, and it still is on the front when I found when I refound these the other day. And then Donna was uh, was mentioning Romans one sixteen about a, a T-shirt that she has written on it. Um, and then the pastor at the church that same day mentioned Romans one sixteen. And then there was a song we heard on the radio that goes. Uh, how's it go? Yeah. <laughs> um, all I needed 116 yeah. to brag on my kingdom. Yeah. 116. Talking about Romans 116. All I need is Romans 116. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is by the power of God, the salvation of everyone who believes, first the Jew and then the Gentile. And that just happened to be the other verse on top of this one. So there were a few other things too, but those, that was really cool. So when I found these, I was looking for them for a few minutes and then I found it. I was like, it's not even a matter of like, what are the odds of that? It's like, wow, God. You are speaking so clearly right now. Um, I purchased um, like 15 more of these, um, and they'll be here within the next week or two. If anybody wants to use it, you'll be more than welcome to. Um, I can make copies of these things. I have um, this whole this whole book is like different packs. Um, essentially, there's like uh, I can show you guys a little bit more later, um, but it, it goes into a very intentionally outlined system of um, scripture memory, starting out with the very key verses of, or um, you know, five assurances, so assurance of salvation, assurance of forgiveness, you know, things like that, and then you get into other things of being a new creation, and living the new life, and things like that, proclaiming Christ, so really cool, um, the whole point of this is to keep it in your pocket, next to your phone or somewhere in your pocket so that when you reach your phone out of boredom and you're about to just scroll, you kind of see that instead and you're like, oh, I don't really need to scroll. Let me try to memorize this one a little bit more. All right, Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is by the power of God, the salvation of everyone who believes. Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is by the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So you can use this as a little tool to help you memorize scripture. And one by one, there are also apps like this too that are great, that have a similar concept to help you memorize scripture. Um, the reason why I believe this is, um, God put this really heavy on my heart for everyone here, is so that we can be equipped. Um, and so that we can be prepared. And... Um, Um, so Zach and I were talking the other day, and, and Zach said something which he didn't know what I was going to be talking about in, in this regard. He said something exactly lined up to what God was speaking to me through like eight different ways already through these, and Zach just gave an extra layer of confirmation through it. And he was talking about, for example, gun, you know, guns, right? Like, what would be the point of owning a gun for safety and not knowing how to use it? Absolutely. Might as well just not own it. On the other side, what would be the point of knowing how to use a gun and wanting it for protection, but not owning one? It'd be equally just as useless to have it and not know how to use it, or to know how to use it and not have it. What's the point of having this, the ultimate tool, shield, weapon, rock to stand on, and not know how to use it? To not know if something is from the Bible, if God spoke something, or if William Shakespeare spoke something. If God spoke something, or if someone else spoke something. If John the Baptist was beheaded, or if he was freed. 
The point is not to memorize just for the sake of remembering it, right? Just like we saw in Habakkuk, he was able to recall what God did and who God was based off of scripture memory. He remembered that, God, you've done it before. God, it wasn't in anger that you parted the Red Sea. You weren't angry at the ocean. No, it was in your salvation that you parted the sea to save your people. And you, and you had the sun and the moon stand still, not out of fury, but out of grace and forgiveness and salvation for your people. So to be able to have God's word, the one truth that we can stand on, to have it in our hands and to have it in our hearts, to be able to just have it go from, okay, you can memorize it, and you might as well just own the gun but not know how to use it. But to memorize it, to have to go from head knowledge to heart knowledge, and be transformed by it, to be able to use that when trials come your way, when temptation comes your way, when the enemy is, is really tempting you, when the enemy is really just messing a lot of things up, or when good stuff is happening, you can be like, praise God for this. God, you are the same God who did this. So that is my little uh, note about scripture memory. Um, you don't have to do it. I'll have them available in the next week or two, um, some of these little um, thingies. And um, um, I kind of recommend people just handwrite their own because that adds another layer of helping you to retain information and memorize to handwrite it, um, which is what I did in, in this pack. Is our Alexa on upstairs? I think it is. Yes. I was wondering if I was going to I, I, I just heard it too, yeah. kind of in the background. Alexa, off! There we go. Wow. That was <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to mix mine and never does that. <laughs> so, along with this, because you might as well just, um, in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, um, this is the story of Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, facing trials and temptations directly from the devil. And the devil is saying, Jesus, if you're really God, why don't you just make bread appear? And Jesus is like, God says, man shouldn't live on bread alone. And then he's like, and then the devil quotes scripture and says, oh, well, if you're really God, then why don't you just jump off this cliff? Uh, because the scriptures say that angels will come and protect you. And he says, and Jesus says, um, the Lord God, or God says, do not test the Lord your God. To quote exactly, the devil said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't ever... So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. So even the devil was able to memorize scripture. The difference is, didn't get to his heart. He just memorized words. He remembered, he knows, God knows, and the demon knows, maybe, possibly, more scripture than us. He uses it to deceive, whereas we can use it to protect and help others and help ourselves and have a shield up against the enemy. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. What do you guys think it means to be a new creation? No right or wrong answer. Just what are you guys' thoughts? To be changed or to be different than what you were in the past. Okay. Anyone else? What, how does it differ by saying... Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, as opposed to a better, improved version of himself. What's the difference? You're a completely different individual, as opposed to the same person, but improved. You're not like a 2.0, you're like a different 1.0. Hmm. Does that make any sense? Hmm. Yeah. 
for like a software. Mm-hmm. That's good. <clears throat> cool. Anyone else? Any other thoughts on that? that they literally have another person's heart, mm. another human being's heart. I mean, not that that physical organ changed them, but now they are able to live. They are able to function um, and have the blood cells and nutrients and oxygen <sighs> and everything go, in, go around their bodies again. They, they basically died while a machine was <laughs> pumping blood for them, and then when they got their new heart, now they can live again, they can walk, they can breathe, they can, but it's different. They have limitations to it, but it's, it's different. It's, yeah. Okay. Heart transplant. Cool. So we're going to be digging into 2 Corinthians 5.17 today. Um, this is about a three-minute video. Um, I think it's going to give like a good little intro, kind of like into what does it mean so if you can't see you can get to a spot where you can see it's just about three minutes long what does it mean that a Christian is a new creation we're going to answer that question the new creation is described in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. In context, Paul tells us that all believers have died with Christ and no longer live for themselves. Our death is that of the old sin nature, which was nailed to the cross with Christ. Just as he was raised up by the Father, so are we raised up to walk in newness of life. That new person is the new creation. To understand the new creation, we must first grasp that it is in fact a creation, something created by God. John 1.13 tells us that this new birth was brought about by the will of God. We did not inherit the new nature or recreate ourselves anew. Neither did God simply clean up our old nature. He created something entirely fresh and unique. The new creation is completely new, brought about from nothing, just like the universe. Only the creator could accomplish such a feat. Second, old things have passed away refers to everything that is part of our old nature. Natural pride, love of sin, reliance on works, our former opinions, habits, and passions, the supreme love of self, self-righteousness, self-promotion, and self-justification. The new creature looks outwardly toward Christ instead of inwardly toward self. The old things died, nailed to the cross with our sin nature. The new has come. Old dead things are replaced with new things. Our purposes, feelings, desires, and understandings are fresh and different. We see the world differently. The Bible seems to be a new book. There is a beauty about it which we never saw before. The heavens and the earth are filled with new wonders, and all things seem to now speak forth the praise of God. There are new feelings toward all people, a new kind of love toward family and friends, a new compassion never before felt for enemies, and a new love for all mankind. The things we once loved, we now detest. The sin we once held on to, we now desire to put away forever. We put off the old man with his deeds, and we put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What about the Christian who continues to sin? There is a difference between continuing to sin and continuing to live in sin. No one reaches sinless perfection in this life, but the redeemed Christian is being sanctified, made holy, day by day, sinning less and hating it more each time he fails. The difference is that the new creation is now freed from sin. We now have the choice to let sin reign or to count ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The new creation is a wondrous thing, formed in the mind of God and created by His power and for His glory. That answers the question, what does it mean that a Christian is a new creation? Research this question for thoughts. No, it's kind of a lot. Awesome. Yeah. 
Charles comic questions. I like the part where he said um, something about leaving the old deeds and then becoming righteous and holiness or holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, I don't know, in my head it kind of connected with like, you know, the whole of like the thing of doing good deeds, uh, good things for other people, helping them, but like without the the holiness and righteousness of it, which comes through faith and and like your true relationship with God, like those deeds are useless. So instead of just being a good person of doing good things or helping people, you want to add in that um, the most important thing Jesus is. Let's get a little context in around it. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians first, uh, chapter 5 in the New Testament. Verse 11. Anyone read that? 11 through 17. Read all of 11 through 17? Mm-hmm. Here we go. I'm going to read from the uh, King James Version. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. For we command not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance, and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for our cause, for your cause. For the love of Christ constraint us, because we thus judge. That if one died for all, then we, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they live, that they yeah, sorry, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and rose again. Wherefore henceforth, now we no man after the flesh. Ye, though we have non, known Christ after the flesh. Yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Cool. So starting out, if you're starting in just verse 17, it starts out with the word therefore. Mm-hmm. Depending on your translation. Mm-hmm. So when you see something that starts, that, that especially starts with, but when you see therefore, you gotta ask yourself, what is it there for? What are you saying? Okay, so this is there for what? So that's why we need a little context before it. Verse 13. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if it seems that we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. We die to our old life. No longer live for ourselves, instead we live for Christ. Therefore, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. What are your thoughts? Anything from 11 through 17? Today's title is, We're a New Creation. Break it down. Verse 17. Let's look at uh, the first few words. Therefore, if anyone. Alright, so who is this for? Anyone. Anyone. 
Is it is there anyone that it's not for? Doesn't matter what class, what race, what nationality, what language, what level of intelligence. Anyone can be a new creation in Jesus Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so who is who is this promise for? Anyone to be in Christ. Anyone who is in Christ. Anyone who, or who yeah, who is in Christ. It's not a promise for those who are in themselves. It's not a promise for people in religion. It's for those who are in Christ. What does that mean to be in Christ? To be with the Son of God. To be with Him. Like to not only to like just I guess recognize Him as like the Son of God. But to, like how, how the video was talking about that true, uh, like you start having a distaste for sin. Like it doesn't, like it's always, it's always different for everyone. It doesn't have to be like, you have to be at this level. You don't have to be at a certain level. You don't have to be at a certain, like, step in your, of your faith. It's, you're just, it could be as small as, I don't want to steal anymore. Or as small, or as big as, I, I think murder's bad. You know what I mean? Like. I think that's, it's like when you start having that distaste for sin, you're on the path, and I think that's a real stuff, and even, like coming from my past, just a little lick of not wanting to do the things I used to do is a complete change in heart to where you are that new creation that I no longer like what I used to be, I have a hate for it, and now life just seems more new, that there's so much more to life than it was before. Could it also be like the Holy Spirit in you as well? Yeah. Because like on my, I have the Passion Translation and it always breaks down like a lot of the things. And for verse 17 it says, like saying that it includes our identity, our, our old identity, our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God, our old relationship with the world and our old mindsets. We are not reformed or simply refurbished. We are made completely new by our union with Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It just means that we're fully in going, like we're basically committing fully, like being fully um, consumed by Christ and the Holy Spirit, and just kind of look, looking away from the world and facing towards God directly, like making eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of looking away. It's it's a hard um, concept to grasp. It it really is. To think of something as a new creation as opposed to just a, a better version of itself or a, an updated version, right? Because, like, you think of anything, right? You, you think, of, oh, it's just a different thing. It's not It's not a new version of itself. It's just a different one. It's a newer one. It's a better one. But God said he makes us new. And, and, and to be in Christ, I want to go back to John 15 for a second. If um, talking about the vine and branches. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. So to break that question down, what does it mean to be in Christ? Something we can relate it to, something that, we, that does make sense to us is a branch. right? If a branch is separated from the tree, it's going to die. It's lost its source of life. It's no longer remaining in the tree. It's now cut off, separated, dead. It's going to wither away. So to be in Christ, connected to, clinging to, attached to. Anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. New creation. Old things have passed away. The saved are not just forgiven, but changed into a new creation. I like how the video put it where, um, so like you could, you're still going to continue to sin because you're not going to have that perfect sinless life until you cross over into the new kingdom, but. You're sort of that sin, but it's more so of a 
when you do sin or when that sin comes about, you're learning from it. You're like, this is bad. Or you, you have more of it that stays like, no pain, no hurt will be wasted in life. And they're like, well, why does God allow this to happen? God didn't do that. That's the, the world has done that to you. And God isn't going to, now that the world's done that to you, or you've committed this sin, God isn't just going to shove you off to the side because of now. He's going to now use that to even, he's almost going to shame the pain. That that pain was there to try to hurt you. Now he's going to, like he, like, like it says, like it says uh, he'll make the foolish seem smart. In front of men that think they're wise, he'll make foolish people seem wise in front of them just to shame the people that thought they were wise. Because I feel like that's all part of that new creation. Like it's not just you just become this new person immediately. Like now you're perfect. You're not going to be perfect immediately. You're going to, but it's, a, it's a, like a it's like you entered first grade. Or you entered kindergarten. Now you still yeah you got to graduate. Then you got to go to college and then eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like in that sense where it's like the, the stepping stool. It's not just immediate perfection. You're yeah. No, exactly. And I, I just now thought of maybe an example that kind of can make sense for a new creation, for something that we can't comprehend. You think of someone in the witness protection program, right? The government is saying, like, say someone either witnessed a crime or was involved in something, and they go into the witness protection program, the government is saying, we're going to give you a new identity so that you can't be tracked, you know, under your old identity. That's what God is saying. It'd be like, you are no longer Jacqueline Penguin. You are this new creation. That old version of you doesn't exist anymore. No longer there. People can't reference you by that name anymore because that's not who you are. You are now, I don't know, you're now Brooke. <laughs> right? You can just... That's your new identity. Brooke Flangberg. <laughs> did they do that? Didn't they do that in the Bible, like in the Old Testament? Abram, Tay. Yeah, they did that. I feel like I've been reading that a lot recently, like where it's like, yeah, Saul. Like becomes like Saul and Paul. Like they always kept changing who they were. But I don't know why they did that. I just that example kind of made me think. Like, oh, so there's there's Abram to Abraham. There's Simon to Peter or Simon Peter. Um, there's a couple like that, but um, and then there's Saul to Paul. But Saul didn't. Saul changed his. Uh, God didn't like give him a new name like with what he did with Abraham or with Peter. So is, was that like this, are, were there. they those people in the Bible? Were they made? Is that like an ex are they examples of a new creation? Like what Abram Abram from Abraham was Abram like some horrible piece of crap guy and then he was like hey Abraham here you go you're good now you now are going to be the father of every single descendant of you know so, what I mean so like, it's I did I just I wonder why he changed their names in that but yeah. is that like an example of new creation I think Abraham got the name change right after the covenant that he made with him to like make right after he tried to sacrifice his or whatever no before that like 15 years but it's a, it's only like two chapters before. But um, well, we, yeah. I'm I'm I pretty sure it's saying. right right where the new covenant and then Sarah Sarah goes to Sarah okay. uh, at the same time. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. Quote the Bible. On that. <laughs> um, but so I, I think that's maybe the best example I can think of. Like as far as here on earth, like, what does it look like to be physically a new creation? But then you can also look like I'll get to you in one second. You can also look at someone who has a, a drug or alcohol addiction, right? Ooh. You see someone and this the substance has taken over their life and they are just a wreck. They, they look at both physically and in, in every sense of the word. Mm. And then if they choose to get themselves clean, you're gonna look at them next time and be like, you look like a whole new person. Your countenance has changed. Your, your appearance has changed. You're walking differently, you're talking differently, you're thinking differently, you're breathing differently. You're, you look like a new creation. Yeah. I was just going to, I don't know if any of you, I'm not on TikTok, but Instagram has, like, TikTok. you know, it shares all the things. So, I don't know if you guys have seen those, but, like, the My Explore page or whatever is full of these videos that have the overlay, the narration that says, Danny, it's like that song, Danny thought he mm -hmm. had me, but Jesus mm -hmm. said you were mine. Mm -hmm. 
just exactly what you were just talking about. These people, their compilation videos of them living a partying like lifestyle, drugs, whatever it was, whatever they were into, and that's the enemy thought they had me. And then it pans to, but Jesus said, "You are mine," and it's them getting baptized. It's them physically embodying this joy, this peacefulness about them. Their dress is different, the way that they're speaking, their activities with the Bible studies and um, worshiping together, all different. And so what you're talking about, that's what immediately came to my mind. And I think it's a very real, like, scroll, and you'll see it. Like, the enemy thought he had me, and it's your old life. Mm -hmm. It's what you used to like. It's what the things you used to enjoy and find pleasure in. But maybe it was always temporary and it never lasted and it was always selfishly fulfilling but you didn't feel good about it afterwards right then Jesus said you're mine and it's coming up out of the water realizing that you have a new life that there's hope there's peace there's joy not in those old things but in Christ and having found your way and found a way that makes like your life makes sense now because it's not it's looking outward and it's making it about sharing their testimony essentially and being like yeah I was solely the enemies and that's my old life but Jesus said that I am his yeah. and now I have a new life which is really cool yeah that's awesome yeah and and you guys are hitting the mark Garrett you said it too about like it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect it doesn't mean that you're not going to sin like it means that that you're changed and that you're being changed um, and all of this is something that God alone can do in us. It's not just a matter of turning over a new leaf or getting your act together. God and being in Christ is how you can become a new creation. It means that anyone who belongs to Christ, who is in Christ, has become a new creation. And it's something that the, the, um, the life of a new creation, it's not something God does for us but in us. It's not just like he snaps, you're a new creation, congratulations. Mm -hmm. It's something that he does in you. And sometimes that transformation process is a period of time of becoming a new creation. It's not like you're a Pokemon and you're just like, he's evolving. He's, he's no longer Pikachu. Now he's Raichu. Raichu. Right? It's not, it's not an immediate transformation. <laughs> Funny thing is, I actually was thinking of Raichu. I'm like, I don't know if that sounds right, but... Pikachu, Pikachu, Raichu. Yeah. So you don't just go from Pikachu to Raichu. It's not just a Pokemon transformation of just like, you know, snap of a finger or like, you just did the right thing and now you're a new creation. That's not at all. Yeah, it's not just level up your experience and and you're, and you're brand new. It's, it's something God does in you, but you also need to allow him to do it. And it's, it's, it's like what that video was just quoted from Ephesians 4.22. The old man of um, putting off the old man, putting on the new man, uh, which, was, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Here's a quote from uh, uh, something Harris. God is surely the author of the second creation, as he was of the first. Can you read that again? Yeah. God is surely the author of the second creation, as he was of the first. Jackie was saying earlier, because um, I was yesterday I was playing pool at a bar, and just it was like middle of the match, and I was like, I just got done playing pool, and I was sitting there, and I was just thinking about, I was like, I felt bored. I don't know why I felt bored, 
I just felt bored and I was like, well, maybe I could drink. And I was like, because I know I can't do this stuff I used to do. I was like, well, maybe I can do this, or maybe I can. Then I was like, but I had my Bible with me, because I always bring my Bible in the bar just in case I just want to read it. So I just started reading it. And the amount of peace that fell over me after I started reading it, and also what you were saying earlier, like, that, like the Bible is a weapon. Um, or that it is a sword that when, like, that was that was definitely the enemy right there. He was like, hey, Gary, like, you know you want to do it, or you know you can do something, or you know you can get a substance in you at all. And I was like, nah. So I started reading Mark, or not Mark, Matthew. I just started reading, and immediately I just started, and then it starts, like, another conversation with someone across the street. was like, hey, what are you reading? And then for, like, an hour rest of the day, we were just talking about this stuff, and now, and then they were talking about what church you go to, because they said they didn't go to church. So I just started this whole thing, and I was like, I really think that was, that was like God was talking, not talking to me, but just having the Bible in front of me because I don't remember them, but just having it with me, being able to like when I was feeling down, to be able just to read it. And I was talking to Haley about it too in the car the other day, and Haley was bringing up, she does it with worship music. So there's different facets of which you can call comfort into the Word of, like the Word of God is powerful. It, it really is, really is. And I, that's, it's good to have the Word of God with you to understand it. Not even just to understand it. Because like half the time I don't understand what I'm reading half the time. But it's there and it's just comforting just to know that to have faith that this is the word of God. And to read it, it's like, that, that's true. Or that, like, I don't know how to say it, but like, it, it's just good. Yeah. Thumbs up. God is surely the author of the second creation, as he was of the first. So, to me, when you read that, God doesn't love us for our potential. God doesn't love us for what he created that second creation to be. He's not, he's not more in love with that creation than he is with us right now, if you're in that first category. He's not waiting for you to reach a certain level of perfection or standard or whatever he died for you while you were still a sinner right so I think we look at each other and see oh my gosh there's so much potential here there's so much potential and we have a tendency to fall in love with potential or to you know say that that's what we should strive for that's you know that I, I can't wait to be that woman I can't wait to be that man that son that daughter that husband that wife whatever that is that's not the way that God views us. He loves us just as much right now, even if we never got to that state of being that we want to be in. I think that's really hard to accept at times. Yeah. And to get our minds in that view. And when everywhere we look, we look for potential. But And it exists. And we have it. We can strive for it. We can work towards it. We should. We should be working towards good works and all of those things. But to not put stock in what our potential could be and just focus on who he says we are right now in the moment, we're going to grow there automatically. Um, the more work we put in, the more investment investment we put into our relationship with him, he's going to call those things up and he's going to call us into that person that we want to be. So I think for me that's, that's really big of like, I, I am not perfect. I am the furthest from perfect right now. Um, and he still loves me. And he still loves me just as much as if I do get better. Get better. You know, mm. if I do do more things for him, fall more in love with him, deeply. his love for me does not change. It doesn't grow deeper. It doesn't get any wider. I have the fullness of his love for me right now, even if I do nothing and grow no further in my faith, I have the fullness of his love for me right now. Um, but that love and recognizing that the, that love exists in that fullness moves us to get better. So it's a vicious cycle automatically. Like we're gonna, the more we accept that love, the more we live in it, the more we're, we want to change, the more we want to do more for him, the more we want to love him and serve him and seek him in all those ways. Um, so it's just a natural byproduct of us accepting that is how I see it. Um, my second thing is I really loved how he talked about continuing to sin versus continuing to live in sin and that there's a distinction between the two because 
was listening to our, I'll make it short, <laughs> but we had a ladies conference a couple of years ago and it blew my mind a bit because essentially the teaching was the fact that as believers we do not have to sin. We're no longer beholden to sin, to the laws of sin. We have the power to not by the Holy Spirit. We can choose not to sin. And if we as believers had that in our mind versus I'm a sinner saved by grace, which is true, but I am God's, I, I'm God's child. I don't have to sin. I don't have to sin right now. I have the power to not sin because of him. It's not anything I can do on my own, but if I'm choosing to walk in the spirit, that means that I'm not choosing those old things. That means that I have the power to choose not to sin. We don't ever have to sin one more moment in our lives from today if we choose not to. And that's wild to think about because everybody goes through life, I'm, I'm a sinner and I know that I am and, and I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we don't have to do it, that we're not going to do it because of his spirit and his power. And I think that's just so, it was radical for me then and it still is now today, but just food for thought to chew on because I'm still chewing on it years later. Like, no, I don't have to sin. I don't. It doesn't have to be any part of my life right now because of him. So, yeah, that's my second thing. So good. Um, instead of moving, moving on to the next part, um, I'll save that for next time. Um, now the question is, now what? What's the life application of this? What does this do? All right, cool, we're a new creation. New is gone, new is come. Now what? So what? What's it there for? What's it do? There's no right or wrong answer. Start to obey him. Or just like, like have a new look at life. When you become a new creation, you don't have to be like, well, it's because like in, in, in CR, JP always talks about like how, like, oh, now life sucks as a Christian. Now you can't have any fun or do something cool. Or even Sammy sometimes will preach about um, like how people will say like, oh, life is boring. Being a Christian is boring. He'll always say, like, if you think being a Christian is boring, you're doing it wrong. Because it's not boring. It shouldn't be boring. It's not like a stale. Now you're just going the straight line. It's it's a it, you have this new look at life. I think that like if you just go go outside and look around, and like look at something like that's God. And just try to think of how that's God. Smile about it. When you're the math, like when I was in high school and our teacher had us write an essay one time about what makes you happy. Everyone wrote like the whole class. I was like he was a, he was a weird teacher because he never taught U.S. government. He just always brought up a random thing. But he said, what makes you happy? He wrote me an essay. So he wrote this essay, and he took all the essays, and every single one in front of him, he just ripped them all up. He's like, y'all are wrong. And we were like, why? And he was like, you can only make yourself happy. Where he was like, you, you can't expect, like, things in the world. You have to have your own mind, like... It's just like, you can't... Like, if you're related to family, or money, cool car, this and that, none of that's going to make you happy. Because people have it. Set it like set, think of like a goal in your life like what do you want to achieve what's that status you want because someone else has already hit it and they're still not happy no matter the status you think you're trying to get to someone's already been there someone's already exceeded that status or that goal and they're still not happy they're still trying to go further still trying to go higher so uh, those things don't matter in life it's Christ matters. And if you just look at the world and you see, wow, this is Christ, that's a human being. Like, I'll get angry sometimes, like, driving. But then I'll think, of like, I'm sorry, God, that's a brother in Christ. That's, or that's a sister in Christ. I shouldn't really be mad at them. You know what I mean? I really should. Because you shouldn't be. Because they might not know Christ. Or they might not know them. And you kind of like... But even I still get angry. I still get angry driving. Because it's, it's, it's... I don't know. Sometimes I wish I didn't have to drive because that's like literally the only thing in life that I get truly angry at anymore. Like even like my brothers, my brothers used to make me so angry. Even my little brothers, I don't even care anymore. I'm so happy around them now. But the second I get in my car, it's like, 
Yeah. Every, I don't know Everyone's why. Terrible. Everyone is terrible. <laughs> I, I had a. Um, I hate car. I hate driving now because like literally it's the only anger in my life now. <laughs> like I don't like this. I don't get it. Why is it driving? Like out of all the things in life that could possibly make anyone like, there's so many things. Yeah, especially the, the anonymity behind it. Like you're behind a car, you just honk, and it's not a face-to-face <laughs> interaction. I had a um, newscaster one time say this, and it still sticks with me. Sometimes I'll do it. Sometimes John and I both together going in the car. Um, instead of like be like, ah, you idiot. Replace any word you were gonna say with child of God. Mm. Not as you a derogatory. Not as a derogatory <laughs> slur. Yeah. As in place of cussing at them or yelling at them, but as that as that as that change of thought, mm. like. You cut me off, you son of God. You, you, child of God. Child of God. Not son of God. I know. It's like the same thing, but like Jesus is son of God. But like you, child of God. Like, and it's that it's that mind shift of God loves that person, even though he cut me off. God loves that person. I should too. I used to friend my brother. Thank you, friend, for that moment. <laughs> so, not child of God, but friend. Friend. <laughs> Time to make it relatable. I will that say, I, I do believe the term child of God is reserved for those that are saved. So, I would fill it in with something that, like, similar to, like, oh, you child that is loved by God, or whatever. <laughs> you know. However, you want to frame it. In the but. Uh, I mean, you're already replacing mid-saint. Mid yeah, but you're like. Oh, you wonderful creation. <laughs> Fearfully and wonderfully made child that I want to strangle right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, it has to be kind of productive there. Anyway, besides besides driving, I feel like we could stay here for a while. Any other final thoughts? <laughs> Any other final thoughts? The bunnies have been shot in their trails. Um, Jackie's comment had me kind of thinking about something else, not particularly of sin, but, um, I've had like terrible anxiety my whole life and I've always been a believer, but I haven't really been saved by God until I was like a couple years ago or a year or so ago. Um, but I like see the shift now of like so many things used to make me anxious in the past, just like change and uncertainty and a myriad of things and nowadays like I've been experiencing a lot of change and uncertainty recently and not that it's been easy but I'm able to like step back and be like I don't have to be anxious about this like God has a plan for me and he knows what's happening like I don't have to choose to panic in this moment I can replace that I can listen to my worship music I can read the Bible I can pray like do so many other things I can reach out to other believers like I can do those things instead of choosing to be anxious in that moment. And I feel like now that I've been experiencing very, like, anxiety-provoking situations, I'm able to see the difference of, like, that's how my old self was, but, like, I don't have to be that way anymore because God's got my back. Um, and it's, like, almost a, like, thought of, like, new creation of, like, I'm a new person and, like, I can handle things so much differently now because... He had, I mean, he's always had my back, but like, because I'm able to really believe it. It's awesome. Cool. Um, I'll, I'll share my thought on it, um, and we'll close out. To me, this is and always, not always, but for quite some time has been my, my favorite verse, um, kind of my, my life verse. Um, to me, it's a reminder um, that no matter what, you know, struggles or sins or whatever I've done in the past that I'm a new creation that every day I've got a fresh start you know it doesn't matter what I did yesterday um, thank you oh, God. what's the difference between going from yeah I think I think it doesn't really matter I think I'm okay it's like I could probably just keep sinning and it'd be okay because the mercies are new every day like Paul also says, just because, yeah, yes, more sin, more grace too, but that doesn't mean that you should just keep sinning so that you have more grace. Like, that's not what it's for. By no means. But, um, 
But yeah, it's the, to me, it's a, it's a constant reminder. It's a daily reminder that every day I'm made new. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That I am, I'm a new creation every day. I can, I, it's kind of like a fresh start. It, it's to be able to just say, God, thank you for giving me a, a fresh start today. Thank you for giving me a second chance, a third chance. A 583rd chance, because God, you are the God of many chances. Um, cool. Alright, well, I'll pray and uh, we'll split. God, we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for, for making us a new creation. Um, for any of us who are in you, thank you for the opportunity to be made new every day. To be a new creation. For the old sinful life to be gone and a new life to, to be here with us, for us. Thank you for doing that work in us. God, if there's anyone here who um, who wants to get to know what that means even more, I ask that, that you just press it into their heart um, and, and have them seek you even more to be able to, to ask you, what does this mean to be a new creation? How can you make me new? What can you do in me? So Lord, I just pray that um, you help us all to remember this week that, that we're made new. That the old life is gone, the new has become, has began. And to hold on to that, to cling to it, and to let that sink into our hearts and to our minds so that we can use that daily as a reminder of who you are and who you've made us to be. Thank you for your goodness, thank you for your grace, thank you for your mercies that are new every day. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time when God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it, and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.